Welcome and thank you for tuning in to SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or listening to the Two Healthy Chicks podcast. I'm Ayana. And I'm Jenny. And we are Two Healthy Chicks providing simple life hacks on this journey to healthy living. What's in your mug, Jenny? So tonight I am sipping on a special ashwagandha blend of our inner calm. Um, it is the watermelon and mint flavor. So mm. I am. I wonder what that tastes cool. like. It's so good. It is so mm. good. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so a little inside scoop here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, party pants. Turn. Really? We're going yep. there? <laughs> yep. I sure am all the way. She got hers first and I happened to stop over her house and she was like, oh, let me give you a sample. And I'm like, just one scoop. So I don't have to measure it. I get home and I'm like, this tastes a lot like the pink lemonade. I don't think mint and pink lemonade taste anything similar. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Mm -hmm. she duped me. I I still contend that it was the watermelon mint. I am not totally convinced because I told her I definitely would not do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love me my pink lemonade. (laughs) It all sounds believable, Jenny. Believable. Yeah, well, mm. Okay, so can, long story short, I still don't know what watermelon mint tastes like, but I will soon enough. Okay, well, here's your personal invite on the air to come to my house and get yourself some <laughs> of the right stuff. Obviously, I'm going to have to mix it myself and drink it there. Yes, yeah, because I am sure. not to be trusted with mixing drinks. So, you know. <laughs> well, I am double fisting tonight. I have my... Um, electrolytes and skin elixir that I'm working on, but I'm really cold because we haven't switched over from AC to heat yet because I'm not ready to do that. Though yes. so I also have, you know, my tea in our special mug because, you know, we're professional. It. Yes. And if you're not watching on YouTube, if you're just listening, you'll have to go and check the visuals yeah, you just we do, because you're missing out. Yes, definitely. Yeah. What are we talking about tonight, Jenny? So tonight is all about the thyroid, all about thyroid health and what does it do? So we're going to talk about what is the thyroid? Why is it important? um, What happens if something goes wrong and what kinds of things does that look like? And then I'm going to share my personal story and give my call to action um, for our listeners. And I get to play Inspector Cuso. Hopefully I won't make you feel like a criminal. <laughs> yeah. So if y'all didn't catch it by now, like I am the guest tonight. <laughs> I am sharing my information. I'm sharing information about the thyroid and my personal story as well. So I'm excited to share. Yeah. And it's a topic. I mean, it's actually a really hot topic right now, you know, in another social app, which will remain nameless. Um, this seems to be at least once, I would say at least twice a day, I see this pop up as a topic, whether it's, you know, thyroid, hormonal issues, hormones in general. So I think this will be a hot topic for a lot of our listeners tonight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Yeah. And it's funny that you say that too, because I mean, I have, I don't want to say randomly because I don't know if that's accurate, but I mean, I've had seemingly random conversations with people like all like on the the side of the soccer field and just having a conversation here. And this person I'm chatting with, like it comes up and, and it's, it's something that people are dealing with. Um, if you're not, and most people are not aware. And so that's why, 
I am especially passionate about this and why I think it's especially important for us to have this episode tonight and, and to talk about it to let people be aware because there was a point that I was not very aware. Um, and I think most people are living in that unawareness and what it is, what it does, what the effects are when it goes wrong. And we are dealing with that. We are living with it, but we don't realize we are. So um, so I, I think that this will shed a lot of light and be very helpful for our audience. Agreed. Agreed. It's very similar to many things in our life and in our bodies when we're just dealing with things and thinking, oh, it's just normal. I just feel a little a little something. It'll pass. Yeah. So let's jump in. What is a thyroid? All right. So what is it? Excellent place to start. So the thyroid is this I try. Yeah, exactly. So it's this two inch long butterfly shaped gland that sits in the front of your neck and it controls your metabolism. So it's part of your endocrine system and which and it makes the chemicals that are hormones. So you mentioned hormones. So the thyroid makes the hormones that help control many of our body's functions. So it works by, so it sits, like I said, just below your voice box or the larynx. Um, so it's at the base of, near the base of your neck and two main hormones that the thyroid gland um, produces helps regu regulate our metabolism. Um, and those two glands are the uh, T3 or the two hormones or the T3 and T4 hormones um, for short, that's what they're called. Um, and the thyroid releases them into your bloodstream, which then takes them throughout your body. And this other gland called the pituitary gland tells your thyroid how much of these hormones your body needs. And some of the things that that affects um, your metabolism as I mentioned, but it also affect, affects how fast your heart beats, how deep you breathe, uh, whether you gain or lose weight. It helps control your temperature. It helps control cholesterol levels, levels, um, women's menstrual cycles, and more. So those are some of the things that um, it does. So before we go any further, let's tease a little bit, and you don't have to jump into it now if you're going to go into it later, but let's just tease a little bit for our listeners why you are so passionate about this, why you know so much about this. Do you want to share a little bit? So we're going to get, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that later, actually. So I do want to share my story later because um, I want to go through like what it is and what it does and how it affects us um, and kind of lay that out um, before I go into my personal story. All right. So that's our tease. That's as much <laughs> as I could get for you guys. I tried. All yes. right. <laughs> Why is the thyroid important? I mean, we talked about a lot just there. So you can kind of, you know, hash that out for yourselves, but be more specific. Why is it important? Okay, so I don't know if you caught that list or like if our <laughs> listeners caught that list of things that the thyroid is in charge of. So if not, let me just go back and read that off again. So it controls your metabolism, um, which is the body's primary way that your body uses energy. Um, it also helps with bone growth. It helps with brain development, heart rate, digestion, muscle functioning, body temperature, menstrual cycles, and so much more. The thyroid can also produce hormones when it's needed, such as to help increase body temperature in certain situations that you might need it. Or when a woman is pregnant, it is able to kind of um, just help in that situation as well. So 
wouldn't you say it's kind of important <laughs> these things <laughs> just slightly i mean I, those are just a few of the very important systems in our bodies so i would say it's kind of important um and i know that when things go left with your thyroid it actually brings about different diseases tell us a little bit about that please. yeah so so there's a couple things that there's four main things that can go wrong with the thyroid. Um, and so one is called hypothyroidism. So hypo meaning um, less than. So this occurs when the thyroid doesn't make enough hormones. It's producing fewer hormones than it should be. So when this happens, it slows down your metabolism and it can make you gain weight. You can feel sluggish and you can feel depressed among other things that um, happen when you have hypothyroidism. Then there's the opposite of that called hyper thyroidism. So hyper, you think of, you know, crazy off the walls. So more than, so it's an overproduction of the thyroid. So the thyroid is making too much of the hormones. And so when that happens, you tend to feel irritable and your metabolism speeds up. And so you lose weight and your heart races and you feel weak. So those are kinds of things that happen when the, it's in hyperdrive. So with hyperthyroidism, and then there's something called a goiter. And a goiter happens when your thyroid gland swells up. Um, so sometimes it makes a noticeable bulge in your neck and other times it can make you cough um, and make your voice sound hoarse. Cause remember your thyroid sits right near your larynx, your voice box. So um, it can affect your voice too. And then the fourth thing that can happen is you can have nodules and nodules are gross that are on the thyroid gland. And so sometimes they can cause the thyroid to make too much hormone and in some cases, they can also um, turn out to be cancerous as well. So those are the four main things. The things that are most common are either hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism. And between the two of them, hypothyroidism is the most common one. It, um, and so that is when your thyroid doesn't produce enough of the hormones. So that is, um, th those are the main um, things that can happen. So the frustrating thing that I have found is so these are just, these are the typical things that the doctors will look at and um, do a blood test and look at your thyroid numbers. And they are just finding out, is it producing enough? Is it producing too much? Is it producing not enough? And then they will prescribe medication or that's typically what they'll do to help regulate that. Great. That needs to be done. But the real question is why? Right. Why? Um, instead of just jumping to the results, which we find quite a bit with many, many illnesses, many blood disorders, et cetera. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, it, exactly. And, and that, um, when we get to my personal story, like that's where I was caught for a really long time. And I think typically if there is a realization that, oh, my thyroid is off, um, I have, uh, my doctor gave me medication. And so, okay, my thyroid numbers are great, but I still don't feel good. I still have XYZ symptom. Why is that? And so that's the second place, the second section of people where people get caught is um, your numbers look fine. Your doctor says you're fine, but I don't feel fine. What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And that again goes into that question of why is your thyroid off? Why is your thyroid not producing enough hormone? Why is your thyroid overproducing 
hormone. So there's two main causes of, uh, or one main cause of each of those. So if you have hyperthyroidism, often, not always, but often the reason, the culprit is Graves' disease, which is an autoimmune disease. Um, and then if you have hypothyroidism, which is the thyroid is not producing enough hormone, then that is typically most likely caused by Hashimoto's disease, which is also an autoimmune disease. Um, and so what I want to do tonight is um, just focus on Hashimoto's disease um, for a couple reasons. One is because Hashimoto's is the cause of the most cases of hypothyroidism in the United States, Canada, Europe, and in other countries that iodine is um, added to their salt supply. So estimates are between 90 to 97% of those diagnosed with hypothyroidism in the United States actually have Hashimoto's. So this is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this is because yes, okay, hypothyroidism, but you need to know that there's more behind it. And 90 to 97% of people with hypothyroidism have Hashimoto's. So it's really important if you have Hashimoto's to know that you do. Um, so the second reason is because one in eight women will develop thyroid disease. That's a little bit staggering. The third reason is it is estimated anywhere from 20 million to as many as 60 million Americans, most of them women, have some form of thyroid disease. And the fourth thing is up to 60% of those with thyroid disease are unaware of their condition. Okay. This goes back to what I mentioned before. Like we're walking around unaware, not having any clue that this is happening. And then the last reason is because Hashimoto's is my personal story, which I'll get into in the second segment. So I have personal experience with this along with digging deep and doing research on this, which is why I wanted to be able to share this with people because this is my personal story. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why we are here tonight. <laughs> Got to the bottom of it. Yes. So that is extremely, those are extremely staggering statistics. Um, 97, 99%, one out of eight women. Like that, and then to not know um, is the more frustrating part because, you know, for there to be up to 60% of women that have thyroid disease and be unaware it it just it makes you question i can't imagine that 60 percent of these women that are experiencing thyroid disease don't go to the doctor so why why are we not discovering this like why i mean i'm you know i'm all for self-advocacy mm -hmm. hands down but at some point, you want your medical professionals to just, I don't know, just nudge you a little bit more, even if they say, hey, <clears throat> something's not right here. And then you go and figure out the rest, like, give me more. But, you know, that, that's a whole nother episode, right? Well, yes and no. Like, we, we will. No, it is definitely part of all of this because it is very tricky. I will say it is very tricky because part of the issue is this is something that does build up and layer and layer and layer over time. And over time, it gets worse. The longer it goes undetected, the worse it gets, the worse your symptoms get, the worse um, all of it gets, right? So it, and it's hard because a lot of the symptoms are just 
can be blamed on age or can be blamed on stress or your life cycle or where you are in life or um you know you you just you just had a baby you just you have you know five kids you have you just moved you had like a lot of it um which is okay so so let me get into that so because I think if I describe what Hashimoto's is and then and explain the symptoms of it, that'll make more sense. So, so what is Hashimoto's thyroiditis? So it is an autoimmune disease where your body attacks itself. Okay. So that's what autoimmune is. So your immune system is attacking your own cells and organs. So normally the immune system is there to protect the body against infections, right? Caused by bacteria, viruses, and other harmful substances, right? So in the case of Hashimoto's, disease, the immune system actually makes antibodies that go out and attack the damage of the thyroid tissue. So as a result, the thyroid glands becomes inflamed and the ability to make thyroid hormone becomes damaged, which eventually leads to hypothyroidism. So your body is attacking itself. Um, so that mm -hmm. is what autoimmune disease is. Okay. So, so what, what does this look like when your body's attacking itself, when your body cannot, when your thyroid cannot make these hormones, what does that look like? What are the symptoms? So here are the symptoms of Hashimoto's tiredness, extreme fatigue, weight gain, feeling cold, joint stiffness and muscle pain, constipation, depression, puffy eyes or face, dry skin, thinning hair or hair loss, heavy or irregular periods, difficulty becoming pregnant, memory problems, difficulty thinking or concentrating, and a slow heartbeat. So that's not an exhaustive list, but that is the very typical list of Hashimoto. So first of all, you see that they're all over the place. They don't right. even seem like they're connected, right? Therein could lie the issue because I'm listening to these symptoms and they're I, I won't say they are very, well, yeah, they are very common symptoms. They can easily be attributed to anything else. And that may very well be why so many women are going undiagnosed. Um, but if that's the case, then you might be able to answer this question. Um, similar to sickle cell, that was not a mandated um, screening when children were born let's say three decades ago, um, and now it is. So seeing as how these symptoms of thyroidism are so, are so vast, like they're just, they're all over the place. Is there, is there screening in place just for women in general? You know, is this like a, you go and you have your physical, so let's check all of these at, at this point, or is it not, which is why so many are undiagnosed? Yeah, so that is a really interesting question, Ayana. Um, and <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm gonna take a stab at it anyway. Um, I my assumption is based on my own personal experience and based on talking to a lot of people with complete unawareness that right. this name exists and this disease exists and this even exists, that I would guess that no, it is not right. a regular part of screening because it is not something that my doctor ever suggested to me. It is not something that was ever mentioned to me personally, in my personal experience, in any of the medical realm. And mm -hmm. Um, 
I, I, I learned of it through completely other means, through other people, through family, through, so, so it, it was, I was like, what is that? I need, I need to right. Google that. And it's actually a super, super common thing and it's an autoimmune disease. So, and, and it is tricky, I will say, and, and one of the books I'm going to share um, in, in the second segment, um, there's two main books that have really been helpful for me that I recommend anyone that wants to dig deeper in um, thyroid issues um, to check out. But um, this was her issue, like she and her daughters kept going back and back and back with more extreme issues and symptoms than I had. And they were like, oh, you're just tired. Oh, you're just stressed because of your divorce. Oh, you just moved. You're just like, it, and it was just like, just, oh, it's just this and didn't really look at it as this big picture. And I, I kind of take it back to what you said, like the self-advocacy. This is why we are here doing two healthy chicks to oh, let so you normal people out there listening to our voice who are just like we are know that this exists. This is something that you can learn about, look at your own things and self-advocate for yourself to your doctor. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's a perfect place to pause. Um, I actually do have another question, a follow-up question to my last question. So we'll come back with that. Um, in the meantime, make sure you come back for our second segment and thank you for listening to two healthy chicks on our podcast on sm enlightenment radio or tv we will be back shortly Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or listening to us on the Two Healthy Chicks podcast. I'm Ayana. And I'm Jenny. And again, we are Two Healthy Chicks providing simple life hacks on this journey to healthy living and what a journey it is. Yeah. So we left off talking about whether or not this is a simple screening for women and how we can, you know, address the fact that 60% of women that are suffering are walking around not knowing. So my follow-up question is, is it as simple as a blood test, a panel of blood? Like, what is it that is going to help women identify this or get at least closer to identifying this? Yeah, that's a really great question. And so what I want to do is explain exactly what Hashimoto's is and then go into how you would know if you have it. So it is an autoimmune disease. And since it's an autoimmune disease, you need three components. So it needs to be a perfect storm of these three things in order to be diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. So first of all, it has to have genetics. So you have to have the genetic predisposition to have Hashimoto's disease. Um, um, so if you do not have the genetics, you will never develop Hashimoto's. If you do have the genetics, just having the genetics alone does not mean that you have Hashimoto's. It is one of the three pieces. So you have to have the genetics. The second piece is the environment. You have to have the correct 
correct <laughs> environment, the bad environment, to be able to develop this. And so environment means everything from the air that you are literally breathing to the foods that you are eating, to your stress level, to all the things around you that make up you and who you are. So your environment. And those are things that are totally controllable. And then the third thing is the trigger. And this is typically a big stressor, a big stressful event in your life. So that could look like anything. That could be the birth of a baby. That could be um, the death of a loved one. That could be a move. That could be a divorce. Any big stressful thing in your life that is, that's the trigger that you had the genetics, you have the environment ripe for this, and then that trigger just put it into motion. So you need to have all three of those in order to develop the autoimmune disease. It's so interesting, you know, just focusing on environment for a quick moment. Um, nutrition, every episode, and sometimes we don't even intend it that way, but every single one of our episodes, nutrition plays a role every single time. I digress. Let's keep going. No, um, you're not. You're not digressing, actually. So that's a perfect segue into what it. the next thing I want to like go from there from from that to, so talking about leaky gut and, mm -hmm. or also known as intestinal permeability, mm -hmm. um, it goes by either name. It's the same thing. And so it's, oh, it actually gives me goosebumps that you said that because it does like, this is why, this is why, this is why me personally, especially I am so passionate about this because you can control so much absolutely by your environment, by the choices you make, by the foods that you eat, by the products that you use it really, really does make a difference. No, you cannot change your genetics, but even though you're given those genetics, you can still overcome what they could mean for you. And that is by the products you're using, the foods that you're eating, reducing the stress in your life. And research is showing that autoimmunity begins in the gut in the gut. So the holes in the gut are how things get into your bloodstream and then your body creates antibodies to fight them because they don't belong in your bloodstream, but mm -hmm. they got into mm -hmm. your bloodstream through the holes that were created in your gut. Now, right. how the heck are these holes being created in your gut? So I mentioned in the first segment, two books that I um, have been super helpful to me. So the first one I'm gonna read from is Dr. Janet's Guide to Thyroid Health by Dr. Janet Macaro, Macaro, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but I just wanna read um, from page six. Um, As I researched, I found that inflammation plays a huge role in the autoimmune picture. I also learned that autoimmunity begins in the gut. What causes that inflammation? Many things, antibiotics, NSAIDs, stress, steroid use, and gluten, to name some of the major factors, end quote. Yep. So, the, the gut is so important. And then I just want to follow that up with the second book um, that has been like my quote unquote Bible, if I dare say that, The Hashimoto's Protocol um, by Isabella Wentz. Um, I could go on and on about her. She's amazing. But I just want to read um, from her book um, on page 47. Um says, new research in autoimmune disease suggests that intestinal permeability always precedes autoimmunity. 
Um, and uh, let's see here, I'm going to skip down to some people think that genes are destiny, but a new scientific discipline known as epigenetics shows that this is not the case. It's actually a combination of our genes and environment, which introduces triggers that determines if we get sick or stay well. Epigenetics has shown us that we can have power over how our genes are expressed by adjusting our lifestyle choices, end quote. So that is from a pharmacist trained PharmD doctor mm -hmm. um, who has Hashimoto's, who has taken her training and written protocols and researched this in and out and upside down. And the research is showing that our gut matters. The health of our gut has so much to do with our overall health of our body, and especially in autoimmune diseases, it is so, so important. So taking care of our gut is a foundational place to start. Did I know all of this back in the day? Oh my goodness, no. <laughs> like, I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> which is why I want to share it with people. Now I just want to shout it from the rooftops. Take care of your gut. It matters. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And you know, it, there, there are no coincidences. Um, you know, this certification that I'm finishing up right now, literally the last chapter that I just finished was about exactly what you're talking about. Intestinal permeability, which is like you said, also known as leaky gut. And for me, before reading that and actually having visuals and having the which literally had nothing to do with this episode tonight, didn't know that this was going to be the topic until, you know, a few days ago. And um, it's just, for me, I envision when people talked about leaky gut and holes in the stomach, like, I'm like, are we walking around with holes in our stomach? Like, what is going on? Like, that's how I visualized it. So to bring it a little bit clearer for everyone, when we refer to leaky gut or when anyone refers to intestinal permeability or leaky gut, it is a matter of the cells of the gut. And if your cells are tight and close together, then that's, that's what is supposed to be the picture of a healthy gut. And having space, any space that's not supposed to be between the cells um, is what is referred to as leaky gut. And that's where particles and every, and that happens just like you read from the book, happens from medications, happens from things that are just breaking down the cell walls. Um, so that just to give a little bit more of a visual, because I know, like I said, for me, I really was picturing holes in the stomach and it's not quite that. Yeah, sound, but that's what it was. <laughs> no, that's that's really great. That's that's super helpful. Thank you. And 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 so that understanding of the difference between oh, your thyroid just isn't producing the right amount. Let's give you a medication to make sure it produces more. It stimulates more. Okay, that's great. We need that because we need those re hormones regulated. Absolutely. But oh, then also what is causing that? So that is the piece that we are discussing now is, and, and it turns out in a lot of people, it's this autoimmune response, which then gives all of these other symptoms. And how is that treated? That is not being treated by the medication you were being given 
to balance your hormone levels. This is a whole nother thing that we're talking about, this autoimmune response and this inflammation, this overreaction in your whole entire body. Um, and so, so that is the other piece that is so often overlooked, so often missed, and just plain unaware of in um, most people, in most um, conversations between people and their doctors. Um, not all, but you know, a lot of people are missing this. And so that kind of goes into my own personal story of, of how this all happened for me, for me. And I don't, I mean, I honestly don't even know when I um, actually started having Hashimoto's. Um, I, I think it possibly could have been, my trigger could have been when I had my first child. That was at least the first time that I was aware that there was any imbalance in my thyroid. Maybe there was imbalance before and it just was more you know, pronounced at that point in my life, but that was when I realized that there was an issue with my thyroid. So kudos to my OBGYN because she discovered that after, my, um, after having my first baby and she ran a panel um, and saw that my um, T3, T4 levels were off, gave me medication. And so, and this just goes to show, and this is again, why I really want to share this with people because I was given this medication and I was told, you just need to take this for a little bit to get your things into balance. And then you can go off of it because I specifically asked because I didn't um, I didn't want to be dependent on any medication, like just long-term for the rest of my life, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I just, you know, I'm like, she assured me, nope, you just, you know, need just a little bit of it. Well, that's not the case. <laughs> that is not the case <laughs> at all. So it I have- It usually isn't. No. I, and, and, and my- my body, my, my thyroid was not producing uh, the amount. And so I needed to continue on the medication to keep that in check, to keep all, remember all those things we talked about, all the things that thyroid does in the very right. beginning we talked exactly. about, like I needed all that regulated. We all need all that regulated. So it was very, very important to regulate that. So I went on about with my life. So like, that was my first kiddo, like, so, you know, fast forward eight, 10 years, still on the medication. But during that time, I'm having all those symptoms that I read that list about, about Hashimoto's, having all those symptoms. But again, think about what they are. Tiredness, um, you know, constipation. Who doesn't have digestive issues? Like, I've always had digestive issues. Like, okay, like, who's to say I have an autoimmune disease? Like, would that be my first thought? Oh, my goodness, yeah. no. But I knew I had issues. And so, like, all these things that seemed so unrelated and then even when I heard my aunt um, had was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I'm like, Hashi, what? Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> and then found out my mom had it and stuff. And it's like, oh, well, what? And so, and then heard that you know, they were changing their diet and they didn't eat like, you know, white potatoes or chocolate. I'm like, oh, they're crazy. They're, they're crazy. Like, so you did, you weren't aware of this, like with your mom and your grandmom until you started experiencing symptoms. Oh, I had been experiencing symptoms. Like, this is why I don't even know. Like I had been experiencing symptoms before I had my first baby. So mm -hmm. I honestly don't know if I've had this for even longer than when I had her. Right. Um, I don't, I, I, I will never know. I've had, I've had symptoms like this most of my life. And so I was unaware of the genetic predisposition because I'd never heard of this. And then once I started hearing that relatives of mine have this, and that was the first I'd ever heard of this disease, never heard of it before in my life, never. 
And and I thought, and, and, the, and I understand if someone, if you were out there listening to this and you're like, uh, well, and I haven't even gotten to diet changes or whatever, we've kind of hinted at it with nutrition and things that you control. And you just think, I know because I did, like, I just thought that's extreme. You people are crazy. Like I eat the way I eat and I'm good. I'm happy. Like this is the American way. Like we've talked about the sad, the standard American diet. We have our pizza. We have our pasta. We have like, I had it all. And I was miserable and I didn't even know it. So, I mean, I knew I was miserable, but I just didn't really know to what to do. <laughs> didn't know so, like, I get it. like, I literally remember talking with my mom and uh, sorry, sorry, my, my aunt, if you're listening, like, I was like, you people are crazy. That's a crazy diet change. Like who in the world would ever do that? Do they have to do that for the rest of their life? Like that's crazy. So I get it. Like, it sounds extreme. It sounds crazy, but, um, I have learned it was worth it. And then when just fast forward, then I took the dairy. I shared that when our dairy episode took dairy out when I had my third kiddo. Um, and so, and then um, I don't even, I think it's just hearing more, just having it drip on me and then starting to do my own research on to what the heck is Hashimoto's. And then honestly reading this book, then I got the hold of this book and I honestly don't even remember who showed it to me, but the Hashimoto's protocol by Isabella Wentz, um, anything that she has published or written. And I just went through that and I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm researching this. This, this is me. Like I need to figure this out. There's more to this than just, just taking my medication. And that's mm-hmm. when I started making changes to my diet, to my stress level, um, all of that, just really, really working on getting this under control. You touched on something that we actually talked about in our last episode with um, our guest, Lenzea, um, and just thinking that this is crazy. What do you mean dairy-free? What do you mean no bread, no pizza, no pasta? Um, and it's it's not necessarily, it's, it's all in how you look at things, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I know that cup. I just saw that just, you know, brought back a memory. Again, if you're not watching, you don't know what we're talking about. So make sure you watch us as some enlightenment TV. Like that plug, that was unintentional. But you know, any opportunity. Awesome. Going back to what I was saying. Um, it's all in how you frame something. So the same way you can say, oh, this is going to be a crappy Monday. Mondays suck. You're probably going to have a crappy Monday. Um, and not to make it simplistic because it is like, especially if you are in your thirties in your forties in your fifties, and you've been eating a certain way your entire life. Like those are decades of habits and decades of being taught what your older generation and the generation before them have taught you. Let's keep in mind as we go back generations, 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 they have much better quality food. They're much closer to their source of food. We are so far removed today. If you get a glass of milk, you have no idea what cow, what state, what Mm -hmm. country potentially. There are just so many processes. So just framing it differently instead of, oh, no dairy, oh, no pasta. It's what can I have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can actually have cheese. Um, it's dairy-free cheese. And quite frankly, like I said, if an eight-year-old is okay with a dairy-free, gluten-free grilled cheese sandwich, <laughs> I think that's a jackpot. I'm yeah. just saying. So, and Go ahead. 
Well, no, and I would just add on to that. I, I just think it also goes back to um, what your motivation is. Yes. And so for me, and, and, and understand it, it is a process. I hear you. I see you where you are. I get it. And it was definitely a process for me. I kind of mm-hmm. went up and down and backwards and forwards, like, you know, two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. I it's get very that. emotional. And, and it's once you see and feel how good you feel and be yeah. like, oh, I didn't know life could be this way. I didn't know I could feel this good. Then it becomes worth it. And it's not, oh, I can't have that. It's like, I don't want to have that because I don't yeah. want to feel how that's going to make me feel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's it's yeah. it's in the framing. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily what you can't have. It's what's going to make you feel better at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And sometimes, just like you said, what's your motivation? If you don't have that label, if you don't have that diagnosis, maybe you're not actually acknowledging that there's truly something not right in your system. Um, so if you feel like you're kind of miserable more often than not, take a look at your nutrition, reach out to a health coach, just whatever it is you need to do. We have tons of ideas. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what would you say for anyone out there listening? Who's like, wait a minute, that sounds very familiar. I've got a lot of what she's talking about going on in my system. What's your recommendation? What do you have to say to them? All right. So this is good. This is worth the price of admission. So listen up. (laughs) If you are experiencing this, you might want to grab a piece of paper, pen, um, you know, pause this. Um, Okay. So number one, if you have any thoughts that this might be you, see your doctor, go to your doctor. Number one. Number two, when you go to your doctor, ask your doctor for a full thyroid panel and antibodies. Okay. So that is key because they may have done just a regular thyroid panel, but you want the full thyroid panels and you want it to include antibodies um, because you need to know TSH, free T4, T3, free T3, reverse T3 and converting T3 and the TPO and the TGAB. So don't worry about that. I know that's all Greek to you, but the point is all you have to ask for is a full thyroid panel and antibodies. Okay. Um, Number three, um, if you are found to have antibodies, then um, that means that you have the autoimmune response. And so if that is the case, then as we were talking about lifestyle choices, then you're going to want to take gluten out for life. And it is also recommended to reduce or take out dairy as well. So I'm sure that will be discussed with your doctor, but um, keep that in mind because if you had that autoimmune response, um, these are things that you can do to reduce the symptoms and the inflammation in your body. Um, If you are a thyroid patient, I would recommend for you to keep track of your B12, your vitamin D, your iron, and your ferritin levels as well. Um, So I'm hoping and guessing that your doctor is checking that as well. But if not, make sure you're checking that. And then the last thing I would recommend is read the Hashimoto's Protocol by Isabella Wentz and read Dr. Janet's Guide to Thyroid Health by Janet Macaro or Macaro. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Um, these have been super, super helpful for me. We will link them in the show notes as well um, so that you can um, check those out um, also. And we will put this information um, in the show notes as well so you can have those details. Um, but I highly recommend um, talk with your doctor, get a full panel and find out um, if this is what is affecting you. 
Well, Jenny, thank you so much for being vulnerable and um, just shedding so much light on something that is obviously a very common concern. Um, yeah, just just thank you for sharing all of your knowledge. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you know, <laughs> I'll try. You should come back again. Oh, okay. Soon. I will. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, now is the time where we discuss our Facebook group because we will list the information that Jenny has shared tonight. We'll also list the book information, just like she said, in our show notes, as well as in the Facebook group. So claim your reason why it's important to self-advocate. And maybe if you care to even share a personal story or a personal symptom, feel free. It's a community that we are building of like-minded people who are on this journey to healthy living. So our APOD, I feel like I haven't done our theme song in a few episodes. I know. <laughs> Where'd it go? Okay. Sorry. I've been slipping, ladies and gentlemen. Our APOD for the night is gut health and ironically, but not, it helps support the microbiome in the intestinal tract and nutrient uptake from the foods that we eat. So this gut health actually has ginger, um, chamomile. It's a pleasant, soothing taste. This, let me tell you, I don't have an autoimmune disease, but I do have IBS and this has been a game changer for me. I'm just saying. We'll just leave it at that. We'll leave the gut stuff out for today. So the key ingredients and benefits, prebiotics, botanically derived from chicory roots, support a healthy gastrointestinal tract and help feed the probiotics in the gut. 3 billion CFU of bacillus coagulans probiotics. I got that. I got nice it. Job. <laughs> Help support the intestinal microflora in the GI tract to maintain a healthy GI tract. And enzymes, so prebiotics, probiotics, and enzymes in one little packet. It supports the breakdowns of carbs, fats, proteins, fiber, and lactose to help support nutrient uptake from food. So we were talking about those cells and, you know, whether or not there's space between the cells and the cell membranes, that is what those enzymes are going to help. So I think it's beneficial for both of us. I know you have been saved by you quite quite a bit as well. So Mm -hmm. that is our APOD for the day. Jenny, do you have a random fact? A really random fact, having nothing to do with anything we talked about tonight. Uh, my random fact, I don't think I shared this one before, but is that I played the organ in high school. Really? <laughs> I'm glad I let you go first because I honestly <laughs> did not have an A-pod and now I do. The organ, Jenny? Like, yes. Yes. So I did. I'm trying to picture this. There was an actual organ in your school? No, no, no. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. While I was in high school, I learned to play the organ. The organ was okay. at my church. All right. That makes <laughs> Not in my high school. Sense. I'm like, okay. semantics. What's semantics. <laughs> Come again? What school was this? Okay. No, I just no, like, no, no. the organ was in my church. I was in Okay. I digress. Um, I actually, I played a few instruments as well. Well, I played a couple. I played um, violin and flute. And I think I may have shared this already, but let's just see if you follow us enough to catch it. Um, I was the first African-American to receive a scholarship from the National Flute Association. 
the things that we learn. So thank you for sharing that because I would never have thought of that. Okay, so back it up. Like National Flute Association, like I played the flute. I have never even heard of the National Flute Association. I didn't know there was such a thing. (laughs) It's called the NFA. Yep. Wow. You look it up and you look up um, Ayana Parkinson. You'll find this very interesting photo that was on the back cover of that quarterly newsletter. Ladies and gentlemen, we might even link that <laughs> we will not to the link show that. notes as well. So keep an eye out. <laughs> Do not let her tell you that. Do not believe it. Do oh, not yes. believe it. Yes. And all right. Okay. Thank I got you. It. <laughs> thank you again, Jenny. And to our listeners, thank you for taking this journey with us as you do every time. We hope that you got some gems, some little nuggets, maybe some information to take to your physician. Um, yeah. If you have any questions, you know how to track us down. We are not far from that Facebook group ever. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm Ayana. And I'm Jenny. And we are two healthy chicks on this journey to healthy living. Thank you for listening to us on the SM Enlightenment um, media, TV, and our podcast. I got it. Have a good whatever you're having. Bye.